0: Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 266. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're honored to have with us the award winning and acclaimed author. I've redeemed and rectified Pollyanna Porter.
1: Thank you Barney for having me. This is great.
0: Yes, Pollyanna, we had we had a little but before we went live we had a little trouble with the, a little bit of the mic settings but I think we're good. I think we're good to go, huh?
1: I hope so. I feel confident somewhat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you are as what we call a voluntary Vermonter. Um, you're not from here but you've moved here. And now you're you were you also a, a teacher for thirty odd years or so, right?
1: That that's correct. I um, came to Vermont in 1993, and wow. so thirty years I've been here. And out of those thirty years, I've taught middle school for 27.
0: So you so now you you recently retired, and now you've already have two books. You've been putting out a 300. 300- plus page book for the last two years. You put one out in 2021 called Rectified. And now you just came out with run recently called Redeemed in 2022.
1: That's correct. I wow. um, I retired, but uh, I'll be honest with you, Barney, up to getting close to retirement, I kept on saying, when I retire, I'm finally going to write that book. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Well, the day After Thanksgiving of my last year teaching, my husband went somewhere. I don't know where. And the house was empty. And I thought, oh, I'm going to start now. Mm -hmm. And truth be told, for six weeks, I got up at four in the morning and I started writing and I didn't stop. I wrote 160 pages in about 32 days wow my husband had no idea i was getting up that early i just began to write and so then COVID hit and uh i had about 160 pages uh teachers were sent home students were sent home about two to three weeks we were all getting our online classes set up and i was in the middle school um and i I had more time to write because the day wasn't as long as what it had been when I we were actually in school. And mm. I just really wrote and wrote and wrote. And then I sent it off to a couple of editors online.
0: Right. And yeah. so because you wrote your first book, Rectified, you mentioned in a previous interview that this one came kind of seemed to have come from the gut where your second book seemed to have you had to do more research on that one. Do you want to talk first? Do you want to first talk a little bit to about to the uh, the listeners and the viewers out there about what um, Rectified is about?
1: Sure. So, Barney, like um, we had, me- or, you know, you mentioned, I uh, taught for many years, and mm. oh boy, I was often uh, one of a few people on a team where um, we weren't so content academically minded. We were more whole child health wise. Um, I right. worked with the guidance counselor. those their are school counselors now. I worked with the principal, the assistant principal, social workers, DCF, HCRS. I was a life skills teacher, which was a special ed teacher. But um, I often dealt with the toughest kids. And I, I want to make that clear. They weren't the toughest acting always but they were from the toughest situations. Hmm. And so I would say about 10 15 years ago I started to write in my head a book. Um and I would think about that book. I walk my dog, I walk in the woods, I walk around the block and that book started to take shape and it was rectified. And so hmm. as I got closer to retirement I thought I've got the story already. I know it. I need to write it. And so um, I actually wrote Rectified from the view of a teacher who, um, this is kind of tough, but she is not the teacher of the boy who is being abused in the story and it's sexual abuse and it's gritty, but it's not, I mean, it was done well. My editor was extremely good and, 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 and helped me with this. I also had a um, therapist who read all my parts on any reference to the sexual abuse Um, She gave me wonderful um, input. But anyway, I wrote about the story about a special ed student, a teenager who is sexually abused by a very wealthy, powerful, prominent man in this small Vermont ski town. Mm -hmm. And from there, the story just really uh, mushrooms out into how she deals with it. And how she decides that getting help for the boy is well worth what may come to her own family. And Mm -hmm. what happens is, um, Barney, is she basically lights her own life with her husband and her own high school son on fire to save this family of of boys that have had it extremely difficult. And the book Rectified is written in two, it's written with every other chapter is past, present. So you begin with a present chapter where she is now, and then she takes you back to the beginning of discovering about Mm. this abuse. But I want to, I don't want to give too much away, but but I want to say this. The main character is Sarah, and Sarah is a 42-year-old teacher. She gives up everything to help this family. And then the present is her new life because of the ramifications of what she, the length she goes to help this this boy. There's a lot at stake, and she decides to go for it because to do otherwise would be to turn her back on a, a child, even though he's you know, almost 18, but he's a special ed student and, um, it wasn't consensual. And she notes that
0: now, as you say, you'd, you'd have it take place in a fictional town. Was that being deliberate? Not having it take place in like a real town?
1: Well, I based it on Ludlow, Vermont, because I'd lived there, loved Ludlow. Still, you know, I'm, I'm 16 miles down the road from Ludlow, where I live now. I love Ludlow, the restaurants, the mountain. I'm not a skier, but um, <laughs> I do love it. And I, I wanted to write it because I wanted the setting to be one of every small town, prosperous small town in America. And that in every town there could be lurking a really vile person, and I, I, hmm. I wanted it to be a cautionary tale, but one where um, it's it's realistic. It happens. Um, I did have to. I wrote it from the gut. You're right. I I've had to deal with kids that have been abused in my teaching profession in alaska when i taught in alaska i had a couple of cases where you know we had to report um suspected abuse we never did any of the um, investigation that wasn't our role but what our role was is to um bring it to the authorities Um, so anyway rectified was from the gut with a lot of help from my editor Sensitive. I call it a gritty novel, um, and yet a poignant and important one to tell. Mm. And Barney, I drew from, I took from the Sandusky case in Penn State. I took, um, I took uh, transcripts from. Um, epstein's accounts you know the uh, i I drew from that I looked at grand juries what what's their role um I personally um, have gone through teacher professional development where you know trauma um all the ramifications of trauma-based um and Ace, you know, the uh, the way kids are brought up and its um, adverse childhood effects. Um, so I blend all that information and experience into the novel. And, and it mm. worked out well. I, it's a great story. It's uh, great. A, a, one where a lot of people replied, I couldn't put it down. I didn't know where it was going. And I couldn't put it down. So...
0: So there's a level of, you say, like advocacy in this, because also at the back of the book, you also have a list of, you know, references and resources that people could actually utilize as well, correct?
1: Yes. I ended the book um, with a page on if you suspect um, sexual abuse in the state of Vermont. These, these are the examples. And Mm -hmm. um, this is the place to go. I felt it was important because um, I think that a lot of people in all walks of of professions, um, from the uh, teacher, of course, to the shop owner, to possibly the, um, you know, the neighbor, we all might have ideas. And this is a story about where the woman, it wasn't a student, but she witnessed something that didn't sit well with her. It didn't sit well. And she was a teacher, so her love of children, but he was older, and she just thought, what if what I witnessed wasn't consensual? And I think sometimes we all we all may see something. Barney, you know, it could be coming out of the grocery store and watch walking by a car and seeing two people in a car and something's not quite right. Or I I don't know how to explain it, but um, if we don't, if we don't, if we have a gut feeling that something's not quite right, this is what Sarah, the main character acted upon. And guess what? It saved a family and she lost everything, but it saved a family.
0: Part, part of that, would you say this is more of like when you, this being your first book, this was a almost like a passion project of yours?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I have to tell you, Barney, that when I finally wrote what I thought was enough and the whole book, I sent it to two editors online. Um, One of them I, I knew, but I sent it off. And they both came back and said, there's some promise here. So you've got a story. And I was just thrilled. Here I was, 63 about to retire, and I'll tell you, I walked those middle school halls like I was on cloud nine. I'd wanted to write my whole life. I was finally getting a stamp of, you can write. This is a good story. And it was then that I told my husband, you know, all those mornings I've been getting up and you've wondered why, why? Well, I've written a book. And he was like, what? So it, I wrote from the heart. Yes. And, um, and then my edit, the editor I went with came back with, okay, let's begin. You've got a lot of work and oh my God, 12 pages of her notes. And I thought she, this is incredible what she's given me to go from. And I retired and I took it just like a T, just like a student assignment. I sat down and went through every page of what she suggested and um, I remember I loved to golf and I was out on the golf course in um, its crown point. It's wonderful course. It's a public course right in Springfield. And I was with three of my girlfriends. I hadn't told anyone but my husband that I'd written a book <laughs> and I sent in and, and I got an email and it said, my editor said, I'm paraphrasing. This is the most significant rewrite I've ever had a client of mine do. Wow. And I I just remember I was just on cloud nine by then I might've been 64. I don't know, but I, so that's how that first book came about.
0: And, and so, so talk to us because you did this, you kind of filled in your, your bucket list, your, your passion project of writing a book. So, but you were not, you were not finished. What made you decide to write a second book?
1: So, it was funny because when I, you know, there's time where you have to, like I self published, So I had a graphic artist, wonderful, Words by Jen. She's out of Bradford, Connecticut. She took my book and she was building my book. She calls it, mm. um, you know, I'm a book builder. And so she, so I had some time and I thought, I'm going to write that second book I've thought about. And I had that story um, I knew it wasn't as, as, as gritty or as um, t- passionate as Rectified was about the teacher with the students. But I thought, you know, she says I can write. My editor said I could write. I'm just going to try this. And so that one, I started out and I really started to, I knew what I wanted and I needed to really research. And so I spent a good, it took me longer. I spent three, four months researching and interviewing, interviewing some people and it, and it worked out really well. And then that's the book that I just was given an honorable, um, mention through the Eric Hoffer book award.
0: So do you want to talk to us for, for our listeners and viewers out there? What the, basically what the synopsis is of redeemed?
1: Sure, my second book redeemed came out last November, and the the um, the synopsis is this: It's about again, it's it takes place in a fictitious, the same fictitious town as Rectified, called Langdon, Vermont. And again, I I mm. um mirrored it after Ludlow, Vermont. If anyone knows, one hundred north as you leave Ludlow, you go by. Gorgeous lakes. And they are nestled in on the right, three different lakes, one after the other. And it's not its not big, beautiful lake houses. These are old cottages that parents and people have had for years. And it's gone from one generation to the next. And um, so... Mm. Anyway, I started, I knew my book was going to take place with a man saving a small 10-year-old boy on one of the lakes. And I and I used to sit at this one boat launch. And so I, I knew I wanted to write about a man saving a child and then falling in love with the child's mother. But he's not hmm. a nice man. <laughs> and he is the redeem he's the redeemer he goes from being a rather self-serving um very uh savvy new york art broker and for the background material on that i'm um, i i do not know new york city i don't know the world of art um i read and read and i also have a cousin who is a well-regarded artist in New York? He's been there for years. His name is Matthew Blackwell, and I called my cousin, and he just talked to me for hours, and I took notes. And he was an art handler for years. Um, those are the guys that take wonderful, priceless art from one gallery to the next, or a museum to the next. They. They call them the bomb squad because what mm. they're tra- what they're transporting is just wonderful content. He was in contemporary art. And so he fleshed out a lot of the background information on artists and brokers. And so I I used his background knowledge. I also love World War Two and I knew about the Monuments Men. And so I wanted to weave a mystery about this art broker who is not such a nice guy falls in love with a woman from Vermont. He saves her son. She rebuffs him, wants nothing to do with him. And then he spends the next 11 years reviewing his life and, and decides that going back to Vermont where his grandparents raised him might be the best thing for him. And so it's a love story, but it's also a mystery because he discovers on his farm that his grandfather, a very nondescript old man, has actually played a key role in returning stolen art that from from the Jews over in Europe, that, were, that was sold, the art was sold and ended up in the United States. And all that was, I had to document a lot, or excuse me, I had to um, research a lot and find documentation of Jewish art and artifacts that are still, that have been found and are still listed on web pages, websites for Who owns this? This could be your family's religious artifacts.
0: And and so you mentioned too. This also takes place in this also takes place in Langdon, Vermont, as well.
1: It it does take place in Langdon. The farm that the actual art broker, his main the the man who saves the boy, is in Plymouth. Which, if you know the area, Barney, Plymouth is all of six miles north of of Ludlow. Ludlow it's more yeah. rural. Um so I it's it's Plym, it's uh Calvin Coolidge uh his historical um homestead it's a very pretty area of Vermont and the setting of the farm where he returns is in Plymouth but the woman whose child he saves is uh another family that lives in Langdon, Vermont.
0: So does this take place in the same literal universe as rectified as well?
1: Rectified the time frame for rectified is 2017-2018. Okay. The time frame for redeemed begins one morning in 1999 okay. and ends in 2021, just one page bringing the reader up to date but it the gut of the story takes place in 2010.
0: Okay. All right. Well there be so is there any similar scenes or is there anything that people might is there any connection between the two books at all?
1: Um so I didn't know this but um I had my editor said, "Oh, easter eggs." Yeah.
0: Easter,
1: and so I was like, "What are you talking about, Rachel?" <laughs> All right, that's another That's another term you need to know is when you uh, put something in one book that is a reference to another story, that's an Easter nice. egg. And what I did is in my Rectified, it's the story of the woman and she has a son and a husband and a best friend. And in my story of Redeemed, I have a scene where the main characters of rectified are not 2017 they're 7 years younger and they meet a couple of the characters from redeemed <laughs> and it's just on the street the boy the it's just on the street and it's a simple a chain falls off a bike and the main character from <laughs> redeemed Gets up and walks over and he's at they're outside at a, a deli um, and he starts to help the boy put on the chain of his bike and then they all meet and they introduce themselves and it's just a casual small town happens every every small town oh I know her or we we may have met before oh right and it's as simple as that and um so I like that. I like that. And um, I did do that.
0: <laughs> and, and so this being your second book, you couldn't hide this, like your first book where you basically made yeah. it a surprise that you wrote a book. So how how did the support change with your friends and family the, as you're writing your second book?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Well, first off, I didn't have to get up so early. I was retired <laughs> and I was literally writing a book. So, uh, my, I do have to say that one of the, my, my, rectified was so well received by friends and family. And it was, it was their response that spurred me on. And, and, and really besides my editor, it was the reception I got from rectified that put the wings, uh, the wind beneath my wings to write the second one. So, i was very open i said yeah i've got another one it's very different and the main character is a man i don't know if i'm going to get it right i don't know but i'm doing it and it took me longer and when i sent it to the same editor i was going to use everything the editor and the graphic artist the book builder i was not changing a thing Mm. they both said wow you've stepped up your game and And so I, the support was wonderful. I could, I could openly write. Um, You know, I was evasive with some people because I I didn't know how much, how long it would take. But when I finished it, wrote my, my final draft to my second book, I posted not the draft, but I posted my laptop out in my patio and I said, second book done. You know, Facebook, like I said, my generation loves Facebook. And I got a great, great deal of um, positive, like, can't wait, can't wait. And and what was interesting, Barney, do you know, you know, Joe Citro, Joseph Citro. So I have a funny story to tell because he reviewed my second book. So Joseph Citro, I had never met him. um, But a friend of mine, he replied to her Facebook comment one night. I need I need to get someone to read my second book because I need inf- I need a jacket cover endorsement and so I'm gonna reach out to him and so I sent him a Facebook message and I said Lee uh, you don't know me but we have a mutual friend and I've written a book and I, could you ever read it and review it and uh, you know. Thank you, and he wrote back quickly and said, "Yeah, you know what? I found out in my old age that you can write a bad book just as easily as a good book. So thank you, but no, thank you." Well, I wasn't going to take that, Barney. (laughs) So I went back and forth, and I said, "Oh, come on! I'm an old retired school teacher. You love school teachers. I've seen your Facebook. You've made reference to them. Um, Come on, do an old old lady a favor and just." Just read the first 20 pages, and if you don't like it, that's it. Don't, you know, I I have no qualms. And he said, he lives about 12, maybe about 20 miles away, but I mailed him my manuscript. And I was maybe, oh, I want to say four days later, I looked, and I got a message from Joseph Citro, and it said, all it said was 224. And I stopped, and I said, oh, my God, is this like a writer's code for something? Is it like Easter egg? Is it like, you know, the term manuscript? What is it? And I sent back just a question mark, and his response was, Polly, I'm on page 224. I can't put it down.
0: Wow. Oh,
1: my God. I, You know, I, Barney, I was like... um, it, it was one of the greatest writing moments because I thought, here's a Vermont writer who I had to practically, I did, I didn't practically, I begged him to read it. Right. And four days later, it's that, you know, 224.
0: Right.
1: So I, I just really uh, adored Joseph Citro and I want that out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned though uh before you went live you're talking about that you might be working on a third book with the same alliterative alliterative design of having it start with the letter r as well
1: so i i i have had people you know it's funny it's now i kind of feel like all those um those binging shows that i'm sucked into i'm an outlander mm-hmm. fan ozark um Oh, Breaking Bad. I mean, I went through them all and Breaking Bad I did like after I retired and I was watching Breaking Bad binging. I took it to heart. I did it seriously like at 10 in the morning and it was pretty bad. But anyway, so I feel like my read the two books I've had, they've like devoured them and then they, they loved it. When's the next one? I'm like, will you give me a minute? <laughs> like all those, all those um, you know, TV shows, like the minute we're done, we want more. When's the next season? Right. Oh my gosh, we've got to wait a year. So uh I do have a third book. It's um It will be an R word, rectify, redeem, and I think this third one is definitely an R. Um, I have a great outline. I have thought about this, um, this book, this storyline, and it'll take place in Langdon, Vermont, and I'll have a couple of Easter eggs. I can't not, small towns. I don't think anybody lives in a small town and doesn't have maybe two degrees of separation in a small town. So do I think it'll come out as fast as you noted, you know, um, in the beginning of, of your podcast, I'm not, I'm not going too fast on it. I spring is here. I golf. I love to golf and I've got a seven month old granddaughter and a two year old grandson and a nine year old grandson and a 12 year old granddaughter. Right. So I love to see them in their sports and and visit. And so we'll see. But right. come winter, I'll be right by the fireplace and now I'll, I'll hit it hard.
0: Right. There you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is it,
0: is, it, is is your third book called Retired? Is that what the third one is
1: called? <laughs> they are rectified and redeemed have a second line. The old yeah. retired lady again, or something. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it, I think it's no, it's not going to be retired. But um, it's a great, it's a great story. And and you know how um, new all this writing is to me. The Eric Hoffer Book Awards gave me an uh, no, uh, honorable mention under commercial fiction. I had to look up commercial fiction just to make mm-hmm. sure. I had a clear understanding of what it was. So both novels are, are commercial fiction, um, a broad base appeal,
0: right. and
1: I hope the third book can, can rise to the occasion.
0: For those that are interested in learning more about your writing, Pollyanna, where's the best place could they go to?
1: Um, I have a web uh, website. It is www.pollyannaporter.com dot com both books present books are there
0: Paulina. this has been great you're gonna have to come back on the show and talk about your third book then when it comes out
1: barney if you invite me i'll be there i uh love to talk about you know like anybody your your accomplishments and barney all i want to say and leave with as i did with a couple of high school kids who you know i taught middle school is just if you want to write, don't wait. I waited all my life. Don't wait. I, I remember being a senior in high school in Lyons, New York, and giving my senior language arts, they called it English, and teacher 50 pages. And she said, what's this? And I said, the start of my story And you know what, that was the end. I never touched writing again. I I was 17 and so don't wait, do it. Get up at four in the morning. Let the juices flow. You'll love it. It's just don't wait, do it.
0: Good, good advice. All right, thank you very much, Paulina. So let me get going. So what? So then, what I'll do, Pollyanna, is I will do the intro, and okay. we will, yeah, we'll run. Is that does that clock work behind you?
1: Yes, it's not. Okay, a, it's just right. a replica.
0: Looks fancy. Look at that.
1: It's not. Yes. Believe me. I'm gonna have. To, <laughs> all right, you start, and then I'll. We'll just make the best of this, and believe. Oh, me, it'll so. be
0: the. It'll be the best. All right.
1: All okay, right. Here we go, Barbie.
0: Pollyanna. All right.
1: All right.